Hi, good evening, everyone. Uh, it seems like you're not welcoming very much. <laughs> uh, I'm so privileged here tonight to share with you about the greater things that God is going to do tonight. Um, the number of things that I want to mention today is actually uh, my accent. <laughs> you know what? The, uh, uh, when I was in Boston, I was invited to one of the local churches in Boston area. So, you know, whether you believe or not, always I think about my accent. You know, so my accent is it's a mixture of the Filipino, Korean, Asian, and others. So, you know, when the American church invited me, I'm always nervous because the communication is a big concern. So, uh, there is not big church, but it's around two to three hundred churches and, and members church and. Um, after that, one of the uh, old men came and said, uh, Hi, brother. Every time my pastor preached, I always fell asleep. But today, the miracle happened that I didn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very curious, what happened to you because of your accent? <laughs> you know, so I realized my accent is the merits and attraction to others. Because if you go to fall asleep, you know, because of my accents, you may not see it. Um, and uh, I believe today that, uh, you know, uh, I was born in Korea, and I was being educated in Korea. I was able to marry in Korea, and ministered to one church in Korea for seven years. So it's probably, you know, it's around the 30 years that I lived. Then I went to the Philippines. So that's a new country for me. So there I started my ministry. So there I learned Tagalog. So one of your brothers says that Tagalog, that's the correct answer. <laughs> you know, Tagalog and Tagalog is different. And so I learned their language. And uh, I ministered there. And it's, I was one of the uh, nothing, nobody. I mean, you know, so one of the uh, nameless person there. And but I had my vision in my heart that the Lord, I want to have big church, you know, big ministry, big congregation. Yet, you know, I had a very small church in the Philippines. So the Lord led me to train, uh, to be a good leader at the same time as, as a servant. So I learned how to humble down and also uh, became a nobody, yet known to the Lord. So pray about uh, seven years uh, in Say pray every day. So that is telling me that uh, someday I'm going to learn on the history of revival. So I didn't believe I was able to minister in the slum area in the Philippines. So that's a very small church. And the members are already around 20 to 30 members, so that's not big. But, you know, after seven years prayer, say prayers three times a day, and I was able to go to the United Kingdom. There I studied on the history of revival. And that opened my eyes. There's something happening all over the world. 2,000 years of history. The traces, the works, the ministries, and the memories of God. How he poured out his spirit upon the villages and towns and cities, even to the nations. So that's amazing. So, and I thought that I'm going to be back to the Philippines, but, you know, the Lord called me to Boston. So, when I came to Boston, I thought that, you know, 
I'm, I, I would be become nobody again because no one welcomed me in Boston. So, you know, there I started once again from ground zero, you know, from just kneeling prayer. Then the greater things happening, but by the time when I arrived in Boston, uh, it's a year before that I arrived in Boston, was big things happened already in the history of America. That is called the, the Constitutional Amendments for the Same-Sex Marriage in 2003 uh, in the Supreme Court in Massachusetts allowed the same-sex marriage. Therefore, when I came to Boston, a lot of American friends you know, mostly white churches welcome me a lot that they need a prayer partner to stop this, this same-sex marriage issue. So I prayed together, and then we need to have the uh, petitioning letter, uh, which may require more than 100,000 uh, signees so that we are able to have the amendments on the Constitution. But therefore, we had 168,000 numbers, so that's big enough. Then we are trying to pray for the representatives and senators in the Massachusetts. Then we had enough number to win the amendments to actually click down the case of the same-sex marriage. But however, we pray all together, fasting together. But something happened, that the entire nation in America, I didn't know about by the time, but there is, we call it the Association of the Witchcraft, Association of the Black and White Magicians. There is also Association of the uh, Lesbian and Gay and Transgenders. There are a lot of lobbyists in this country, uh, coming from all over the states in the United States. I mean, from California, Texas, and Florida, Washington, this area, all over. A lot of people came to Boston, and they pray about the same-sex marriage, and especially the Congregational Church and the United Methodist Church are pro-same-sex marriage. And we are the minority in Boston area because we are opposing the same-sex marriage. Then one of our friends, uh, whose name is called the, uh, Jeff Marx, the lawyer and Dartmouth graduate, and he's a leader of prayer group, and with uh, Bishop Gilbert uh, Thompson, and me and others praying together, fasting together. So it's like the uh, early uh, spring snowstorm came. Then it was postponed the, uh, the voting for the amendments. So the four days delay. Then we didn't know what happened. And, but we had enough number to vote. However, after four days, what happened is like the lobbyists from the gay and lesbian and transgender senators lobbying one by one. The representatives and the senators turned their hearts uh, to the anti-evangelicalism. You know, Therefore, when it comes to today's, when the people vote, we are defeated. So I was questioning about the time, the, what, what, what is the meaning of prayer? What, what if I pray, the Lord, you said that same-sex marriage and others, this is the big issue in this country. Why do I pray? Why, why do many people pray? And then are you listening to us? And the, 
uh, at the state house in Boston, we have the fourth floor, there is a prayer room because the uh, state government allow us to pray. So when we pray together with Jeff Marks and others, we're coming down to the staircase that we encountered. We confronted with the lay, uh, the lesbian and gay lobbyists, especially the leader of the witchcraft. And they hands up and they pray against us. So then what happened, the Jack Marks fell down. And in front of them, he became paralyzed up to today. So I thought that that's a weird thing. You know, when you pray in the name of the Lord, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Also, we believe in the power of prayer. But I realized also the other groups, lesbian group, gay group, you know, others, what strongly they believe their faith is right. And they pray in their faith. And then they raise up their hands in their prayer. And then the Jack Marks fell down. And he was speechless, muteless, and then he became like mute several months, and he was struck uh, by, you know, paralytic situation and uh, six months hospitalization. And I was questioning to myself. If I pray, where is the power of prayer? If I rely on the Lord, where is the power of the dependency on God? So it's, it's not to others, but to myself. And then, and then it came, after that, it came the boomerang effect all over. 37 states in the United States the pro-same-sex uh, marriage, and after that, the federal, and then 39 countries all over the world, you know, pro the uh, same-sex marriage constitution, not only in Netherlands and Sweden, and, you know, still going on today, I think, more. So my question was not about myself, not about my city, not about my state, not about my country, not about my ethnic, group, not about my destiny, I concern on the destiny of God. I search on the Bible. The first one, the history of revival. And secondly, the history of power of Satan. The history of dark power. And you know, because the Bible tells the both. So I know the bright side, that the way the Holy Spirit works, I know this. But on the other side, I didn't know about how to stop the evil spirit, how to stop the dark power, how to stop the, uh, the counter-talk, how to stop the so many, the, the devilish, demonic power. I have never learned how to stop it. So, in a struggling in my heart, over uh, three years, I was looking for the will of the Lord. Tell me, that the meeting of the happening at the State House in Boston, when every village was praying to stop the English power, but why? We are not able to stop it. Then you know what, brethren, I want to tell you the meaning of the revelation. The revelation in the Hebrew term is unveiling, meaning there is a veil, there is a curtain on the stage. You see, because of the stage, 
you know, you can see everything, but if there is a curtain there, you are not able to see the behind the things of the curtain. Therefore, you have to see the what things are there. And God is going to unveil. God is going to just unseal something in the last days. Yet, I didn't see it. So, the revelation meaning, revealed, is something there already. And I think today the uh, Reverend Q. Kim prayed that and also he said that I appreciate the prayer of the uh, one person who was on the stage because the same thing is shared. Because the person who came over here and prayed, and I think that's my prayer. It's something like we have same spirit today in this church. It's like what a great grandmother that I have, like the Reverend Q. Kim. And here's one of the few things, but I'm saddened today that, that I'm, I'm chosen out of three. I feel like I was picked up out of three. Thank you, anyway. I thought that I was privileged, but now I, I'm, think, I'm thinking it's like I'm unprivileged. You know what? I believe... This is a great opportunity to come over here. When I had so many questions in 2007, after four years of discussing on the issues of the national global things, on the power of Satan, and then I met the living group, uh, Reverend Kim, Pastor John Lee, Danny Han, Tony Jung, and others. And that's new eye-opening. It's like there is a new place here, all over the United States. I was in California, especially in uh, San Jose, Los Angeles. Uh, I not many traveling, but you know several others. But I found out that one of the newest things happening here is in Washington D.C. area. When I met the Pastor Kim and others, so that's I consider as treasure in my life. Because always I departed the relationship in my life as a treasure. And um, when I was out of this country, and then he sent me an email that uh, would you be able to come over. And uh, I was not exactly counter the how many days that I was not able to see him, but you know, when he said that it's a 10th anniversary, that means to me it's already 10 years. So, wow, I have to have a relationship with him once again, rebuilding the relationship, restoring the fellowship with him again, so that I can be the recipients of the Holy Spirit power. So today, tonight, actually, I am the one of the best recipients of the power of the Holy Spirit in this service. Please believe so. And so how many of you believe you are living in the last days? How many of you believe that you are not living in the last days? So if you never respond anything, say what who you are. <laughs> so you know what? When I had this constitutional amendment case in Boston, I realized the importance of the Bible in my life. The every scripture, sentence by sentence, word by word, it is actual, literal, and this is the practical, and this is real. This is real to me. 
So I want to tell you today the real story of the last days. But to go through this last day topic, let me tell you the true story a little bit so that you can understand. And it's true that you know, I prepare like not five hours, but less than one minute to five hours. <laughs> so, but believe that I'm going to shorten so you can freely leave if you uh, have, if you are going to have any kind of emergency things. But anyway, um, I'm going to be maybe nine minutes. Would it be okay for you? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your permission. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in 90 minutes. Okay. So a little more. But if you're not happy, tell me that I can I can I can try to short. You know, probably 60 minutes. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so the first one when I was in uh, UK, uh, the Lord spoke to me that it's like you know the make long story when I was in the Philippines. He said that I'm going to give you the best tutor of Hebrew and Greeks and Judaism. I didn't understand what he said, but when I was in the United Kingdom, that prayer is realized as I prayed before. So the, my tutor who taught me on the Hebrew and Greek he totally memorized New Testament in Greeks. He totally memorized the Old Testament in Hebrew. So I couldn't believe how he is a genesis. You know, it's like he is a real person. But, and, and what I prayed for seven years, like a baby, but I didn't know what to happen. But in, in my foot, in UK, I see the reality. So how many people you believe when you pray, like you pray, listen to my heart, listen to my prayer, that how many of you believe that God is listening to you? It's, for me, it's very weird to me. Because what I pray, every prayer that I have really happened. Even when I was young, I said that I will travel all over the world. And that prayer is realized. Not only last year, 56 countries, but the, uh, the other years, I traveled all over 57 countries. I don't have any money, but I don't have enough many friends. However, this miracle happens always because it is the power of prayer that God made with you. So for me, today, if you have the greater prayer topic, you can see the greater picture. If you have the global prayer, you have global prayer accomplishment. If you have a personal prayer, you can see the personal prayer accomplishment. But if you have divine heavenly prayer, you can see the divine revelation. There are different levels of the revelation. There is a different level of the realization. So uh, in, in accordance with the amount and size and level of your prayer, if your prayer is very selfish, it will never happen. If your prayer is really personal in uh, selfishness, it will never happen. But if your prayer with the Holy Spirit for his revelation, it's going to happen. But that's happened to me in the UK. Because when I had my study in the UK, actually, the, 
the very good tutor actually taught me, and then I studied once again, and then the new class was the Holocaust. The professor, the Elizabeth, she was the, uh, the best scholar of the Holocaust. Then I didn't know, but everything mixed up, you know, well, why, why do I study these huge things, the history of Judaism, the history of Sephardim, Eskalani, Jewish Judaism, again, Mara, Drush, and others, all different kinds of scholarship that I had. But today, which I'm speaking on, the, the last eight things, it's actually, it's a new level of understanding when I had the Holocaust. That's called the Jacob's Tribulation. The many people believe, like, oh, you know, the Jewish people, the, it's cause the Christ Jesus died on the cross. And they are the one actually murderer of Jesus Christ, and even Martin Luther, the accuser of him. And many people believe that is uh, Jewish people are not good. But that mentality was changed when I was in the UK. Why? When I studied on the Bible, when I understand the main intention of the Bible, the next we call, you know, the Olam Haba and Olam Hazer, the time of God, the space of God. The Jewish people understand the time and space are not separated. The times and space are always unified in one. So they never say like space away from the time. Time is a space, space is time, the century and the world. Therefore, the, from the creation, the Bible tells about the last days. We talk about last days, oh, we'll be speaking on the last days when it comes to last days. But you know, when we say, well, when we are living in the last days, we we'll understand last days. No, no, no. Bible talks about the last days in the beginning of the creation. That's what Jewish idiom is, what Jewish word the lady uh, spoke. That's a revelation. And even in the Deuteronomy, even in the Genesis, talks about last days. I never thought about it. I never thought about the Jewish eschatologs, Jewish end time scenario. Why do I believe? You know, they are like accuser, they are the murderer, they are murder of Jesus Christ. Why do I love? But when I studied it, you know, I miss a lot of it's like the foundation of the Christian theology. I miss a lot of the Christian, you know, deep meaning because what the Apostle Paul said, you Gentiles grafting into Jewish word, meaning you are not true by, you are actually false olive vine, and Jewish people are the true olive stem. And then you are grafting into it so that the nourishment came out of the roots. And then your branch will align. Therefore, without Jewish root, we are not able to have any nourishment. So the grafting theology, what the apostle says in the book of Romans, is in, in is based on the tradition and the sacrifice and tabernacles and temples. And furthermore, we call the Jewish theology. So tonight. It's also in 10th anniversary for your church, but you know, I'm going to talk on the uh, escarpolos. But it's not about the uh, four semester amount. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe probably you are able to study on this topic around 10 years. I'm not going to speak that much, but just big picture. 
there? How do you understand today? How do you know the clock of God? How do you know the time clock of God in this time? You know, where are we now? So, because that's a question that I had when I was in Boston when there was upside down of the amendments. Because lesbians and gay lobbyists turn aside and then, you know, we, we are lost. We are defeated. And then for uh, foreign difference. Then after that, the Lord, is my prayer effective? Is my prayer powerful? Are you listening to me? Then I pay attention more about the word in the Bible. Then I learn myself how to pray according to the Bible. Not my will, not my heart, not my thinking, not my logic and nationality, but pray from the scripture. The pray together along the Bible verses. Therefore today, you will be seeing how the end time scenario was already created and designed from the time of the creation. That's what I want to share today. So the many of you know the amount of life in this course, when Jesus says that sitting on the, uh, uh, the Mount of Lives and then disciples ask the Lord, is it the right time to restore the kingdom of Israel? And so when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming? and the end of the age. The, one of the uh, difficulties that we translate the Jewish language into English and Korean, any language around the world, is actually a high end. Meaning the last days or end times, the plural. So the, the end of the age can be the translate the end of, end of the world. So, the age is a time, but the world is space. So it can be same. But no, no nation, no people in the world can understand, you know, it's like, why is it the same? Space and time is different. But however, Jewish thinking is space and time same. So here today, as you know, the, uh, the before creation, it was called the Olam Haba. The before creation Olam Haba. But Olam Haba is like Olam is century or age or time or space, whatever. So Haba means now. Now, but that's now, how do we interpret? So the Jewish people say that this is the uh, wrongful translation when he translate Olam Haba into English word eternally, everlasting, no end. That's wrong. Because Olam Haba, Another means the world always, time always, space always. That's it. However, what is the Olam Hazeh? Before Olam Haba is Olam Hazeh. Another meaning is waiting time. So now we call it Olam Hazeh. However, Olam Hazeh is waiting for Olam Haba. But Olam Haba is also now. This is now, and there will be now. How do you distinguish? This time now and tomorrow now. And this place now and tomorrow now. How do you distinguish? Jewish words say. That's why if you're looking at the uh, book of Psalms, like, you know, we praise you forever, forever. But Jewish language is always, always. That's Olam Haba, Olam Haba, always, always. 
that I did in the uh, in my opinion uh, uh, in Spanish was corazón, and then they say siempre siempre. So they literally translate siempre siempre. So siempre siempre always always. Sometimes they translate it eternally. It's the everlasting gospel. So you will have eternity. You have the no ends. I, I don't know. I have been asking so many uh, scholars all over the world about Ulama, about Ulama. How do you interpret it? And I have never met any scholars uh, who can give me the right answer to translate into one word. So, you know, no proper words to be uh, translated. So for your sake, I'm going to say that the Ulama Haba is the age to come. Because that's a tomorrow, maybe the, the time to come, the, the place to come. So the century to come, age to come, the place to come, the world to come. And then, Olam Haze, probably now. So this world. Okay, this world, the, and then the Olam Haba, the age to come, the, maybe the century to come, whatever you translate. So just for your sake, the, even though this is not the right translation. So the before the creation, we call there was the eternity. So the Olam Haba, meaning there was. God was always. He was, and He is, and He'll be the same. He never changes. So our God, you know, actually this is the uh, the picture in the Bible, especially the book of the Revelation chapter one. And Jesus was seen, and He is, and He'll be the same. He never changes. But He is the same person. This is the Hebrew word always explained in deep meaning that the God was not changed, but the world is changing. So the before the creation, there was a trinity, there was God, but after the creation of Eden and the universe, Adam and Eve sinned against God. The sin came into the world. So that world is no longer belongs to the order of God. Therefore, the sinful nature by one person corrupted all of the universe. Even Apostle Paul says that the, you know, even the every creature, the forest, the mountain, trees, and sun, and stars, and galaxies are corrupted. Meaning, there is no purity all over the world. So, and that's why I, I like words always, you know, I don't know. It's, um, after this prayer, I'm going to ask Reverend Pure King, uh, how could you maintain the same prayer over the past 10 years? When I came over here, he prayed the same prayer, and today he, he prayed the same prayer. So it's, uh, I, I have to have my recorder so that I can prove next 10 years when I come back here. <laughs> Although I don't know, I will be back. <laughs> I love his prayer. You know, the one thing I desire is the presence of the Lord. One thing I desire is the nearness of God. I like hearing Pastor Kilkin's prayer all the time. And I, when, I, when I hear all that, I, I feel like, oh, I'm near to heaven. <laughs> Very near to the heaven. And you know what, brethren, we have lost the paradise. The paradise lost because of sin. The whole universe is out of order of God. Therefore, the Jewish term, God was fetching the world. 
God was fixing the century. The God is fixing the time and space. So that's the fixing the world. Take no line. He wants to fix the world like before, like the time of Eden, like time of He made perfect. Even our image, not like this. He wants to be back. You know, in my image, your image, you know, he wants to turn our image back to the origin. That's the beauty of his creation. That's the fixing the world. We call technology. The Jewish thought, he wants to fix the world. He doesn't want to fix the one country. He doesn't want to fix the North Korea alone. He doesn't want to fix the uh, Iraq alone. He doesn't want to fix the one country alone, one ethnic group alone. His desire is the whole universe, whole world, one ethnic, whole people around the world because this is his desire. That's why uh, after the fall of sin in, in Eden, he talks about fixing the world. So that's why I'm going to fix the world when the Messiah comes. So that's what we call the Messianic age. When the Messiah comes, he will fix the world. So, and then the, he sent out the Moses and the uh, rulers of the world, and he, even he sent prophets. Talks about how he is going to fix the world. That's what we call the Messianic prophecies. More than 400 prophecies in the Old Testament concerning the coming of the Messiah. And the content of the prophecy is based on the way how he's going to fix the world. The amazing story, if you know the Old Testament, his entire design, master plan of the fixing the world. So it's not the condemning, judging, it's not like destroying the entire nation, it's not going to destroy the every neighboring country, but it's going to fix the world. But at one point, he's going to fix the world by the way he sent out the Messiah. And then he made out the time sphere that the, when Messiah comes, he's going to begin first this, and he's going to do this, and he's going to speak on behalf of me. He's going to make me all kinds of miracles and signs because the reason behind, because he is on behalf of me. Then he said again, he's going to be bad. So even in the near to the creation, he said there, the, the beginning of the last days, the end of the last days. The last day is not a singular. The last day in Hebrew term is the Ahari Hayari. It's not a singular term. It's actually a long-term period. It's the period, and then, you know, it's when the beginning is when Messiah first time came, and then he is going to fix the world as a beginning stage, and then he is going to finish up. They fixing the whole world when he comes second time equal the second advent of the Messiah. I, you know, actually I had three uh, master's degree on theology. I studied on the uh, like the different kind of systematic and in the history of the churches. But you know, when I studied from the rabbi of Jewish people, and I realized myself that how I am ignorant of, to the word of the Lord. Because what they say that that's truly what design of the Lord. But I have never learned the design of the Lord through their eyes. And that their eyes are always focused on the messianic fulfillments, the messianic coming, messianic age. So 
for their time, for their space, for their world, for their country, for their nationhood, for their ethnicity, for their everything what they have, it's not about that's the waiting on the coming of Messiah. So they are just waiting on the Messiah's coming. So when they expect the Messiah's coming, and if Messiah comes, he will fulfill the, the beginning stage of the prophecies. Then when the Messiah will come, and he will tell when he will return. Then the second coming of Messiah will be finishing up the last days of the great, great, grand, grand, grand design of the universe, fixing the world. Then the Tikkun So I'm not going to tell you right now the New Testament alone, but I'm going to tell you fairly on the Old Testament, the later on in the New Testament. But so many, it's like I'm not, I'm not lying to you, actually. You know, we have to study at least in 10 years. So 10 years is not enough. But however, in my mind, I want to share with you a little bit this, the mystery, the, the secret of this last days. So before we go over, let me ask you one thing. How many believe the last days are the bright side? Oh, thank you, brother. You are beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. How many of you have dark side of last days? Oh, so if you're not raising your hands, who you are? <laughs> you know, I believe last day has two aspects. Right side, dark side. The flip side. So two sides both. But some, some of people always pay attention to dark sides, the judgments and, you know, it's like rumors of the earth, uh, rumors of the words, and you know the earthquakes and natural disasters, and you know famines and all kind of chaotic situations are gonna happening. That's what we believe. Dark side of the last days. But how many of you can tell me the bright side of the last days? Would you be yes? You'll pour out the spirit without measure. Thank you, thank you. I I have never seen such a person like you. <laughs> ah. Because when I asked, can you tell me about bright side of last day? What is the bright side of last days? No, no, no. Brother, thank you. That's the promise. That he is going to pour out the spirit of the Lord. That's the amazing things. That's the last day sign. So I share with uh, Reverend Q. Kim tonight, you know, I'm happy that, I'm sorry that, you know, I own him this afternoon. I'm going to own him more before my departure. And so he, he and I had a beautiful uh, conversation and sharing. The one of the beautiful things that I had conversation with him this afternoon was actually about the calling of the Lord, the calling of you to the nations, the calling of you to the people. But if you don't know the calling of God to you, that's meaningless. So we have to know first what is my calling to these age. If you're looking at yourself, always dark side, you are going to be discouraged. If you're always looking at the dark side, you don't want to go to the Bible study. You don't want to walk in the office. You don't want to uh, study very well in the school. Because they're simply just waiting on the Lord. The Lord coming, coming. And then, you know, just, just, that's it. But if you see the bright side, too many things you can do it. 
so many things you can do. It's greater things you can make it. So many beautiful things you can create it. Because the bright side of the last days is the finishing line. Therefore, I think about always like, you know, in the marathon, you know, the thousand people are always starting. And then, you know, when you go live, you think that the goal line, the winner is only one, right? So when the people in the middle of the marathon and, you know, they are very tired, however, when they reach up to near the goal line, and then the first time that I, that you can hear is actually cheering sounds of the crowd. Hey! And then, you know, the runner just speed up. And you know what? It's a supernatural power happened there. Right? Yeah, I believe, right? You know? Yes! And then, even though I couldn't run, but because of people's sounds, that's the last day signs. Actually, why? Because from the creation up to now, every saint in heaven is waiting for the last goal line. Because that's the only time they can be resurrected. I don't know who chose the song today. You know, I'm the students of revival. And I think the old songs, all the praises that you sang today, is actually for me. Because that's the resurrected from the dead, from the dry land. And that's the revival story. Because in the last days, even though people are simple and they sin against from God and they are always go away, go away in the last final line and there is a cheering sound from heaven. Cheer up, cheer up, cheer up because we are coming back soon because that's the, the only desire in heaven they can be resurrected. If without the resurrection of the saints we cannot be transformed into the being likeness of Christ. Therefore we are waiting on the second coming but more likely, the believers in heaven are waiting more than us coming back to the earth to be resurrected. Therefore, final line, this final line, the only one desire, we are not to be defeated, we are not to be lost, we are not to be defeated, but we have, we have to be winner. We have to be the victor. We have to be winner, not the loser, brethren. That's the last call line, whether you are discouraged tonight. You know how many years you are away from the Lord. No matter what, tonight God is going to ask you, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. I will revive you. I will make you last runner of the whole universe history. I will make you the finisher. One who is going to complete entire mission of the world. Therefore, I feel like, you know, the last days, I always see the bright side because I know I don't want to be a loser. Even though yesterday I was good. No, 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 I, I don't want to forget about it. Ten years ago, I was good. No, 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 I already forgot. The Lord, two years ago, I was good. No, 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 no. Not about yesterday, not about 10 years ago, not about two years ago. Now, what am I? Who am I? What am I doing? Am I right? Today is important. Tonight is important. 
Because as long as we are standing before the presence of the Lord, you will be able to make yourself as victor to the last marathon of the whole universe. Brethren, this one monogram that I want to show you is actually the entire semester that I taught in this seminar. So I'm not going to tell you all the story. However, this story is beautiful in the eyes of Jews. Because when the whole world was under darkness, the whole world, there's no rule, no law, no covenants, no word of the Lord, no revelation at all. He had designed, he had, he had grand master plan that is actually salvation of the whole universe. And then he's going to finish in the last day. We are living in the ending part of last days. So therefore, Christ came over, and then, you know, the Christ will come again. Then before his return, so many unveiling things are going to happen. So the homosexuality is in Boston. I cry out before the Lord, Lord, why? Did I not able to stop the homosexuality issue at the uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts? And he revealed these things to me. In the last days, uh, there is a holy taboo. There is unseen things in heaven. There is unseen things in heaven. The book of Daniel, chapter 12. Do you remember the story of Daniel between one person who is wearing the white robe? And then the every revelation about end time was revealed unto Daniel. He's a great man of God. He is a great man of knowledge and prophecy. No people can be compared because even Jesus mentioned on the prophecy of Daniel. If you see abomination of desolation on the holy mount, see if the time of Israel is near and time of Gentile itself. Therefore, it's a very clear time clock, Jesus mentioned, even the first advent, the second advent. Therefore, you know, the Daniel is the first to understand the whole scenario of the fixing the world, fixing the time, fixing the universe, fixing the space, the fixing the material, fixing the uh, spirit, and even our mentality. You know what? We are not going to be transformed into just simple physical being when Jesus comes back. We'll be a wonderful person. You are much better than X-Men. You are much better than Wonder Woman. You, you will be much better than any superman in the world because we'll go through the world. We'll go through every universe, like my backyard. You know, we'll not be eating. Otherwise, we'll eat. No matter what you eat or not, we are not going to die. Our flesh is lucky, lucky decayed. You know why? Because our body is no longer. It is undecayed. This is uncorrupted. Uh, you know, our body, like Jesus, what he was transfigured at the holy mountain. Therefore, when Jesus will come back, you and I will be a different person. So the whole universe is yearning for death. The whole recreation of God when Jesus will come back. 
Therefore, I pray every night, the Lord Jesus, when can I see you? Because I desire to be perfect. I desire to be also perfect bride. I desire to be also pure because I don't want to be contaminated in my faith. I don't want to be uh, stained. But I want to be a stainless person. Because the simple word here, if you're going out of the world, if you're going to the any monitor or screen, if you go anywhere, it's like simple, the sins abounded all around. The visual thinking, everything. You know, it's like a tsunami. How could you avoid it? All simple nature all of the world. At the time, you have to looking at the bright side. Looking up the heaven. Look up the Lord Jesus. He's coming back. Not about the dark world. Not about the temptation. Not about the seduction. Not about all kind of the attack, but see if the Jesus is up there, looking up the heavens, so that you will be able to walk in together, to be victor, to be a winner, to be the person who gave every glory for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, my last day's scenario is always telling us how great the human beings are if Jesus will fix the human nature according to divine image. I like to be. And brethren, whenever I think about my son, I had adopted son. Uh, my daughter is 31 years old. My son is eight years old. But I have one Supervise coming in my life, which is my adopted son. Whenever I think about my son, I cannot stop smiling. I cannot stop, like, you know, all the joy that I have. So whenever I have a problem, I always think about my son. Then suddenly I smile. You know what? What a joy if you think about always Jesus Christ, the victor of the everything. Crowns, the victor of the every word, the victor of the every warfare. So whenever I think about Jesus, I have always a solution. Not about the accusation of some people, not about any temptation of Satan, but about the power of his return. So brethren, let me speed up you know, this the wonderful story. And therefore, the, before the creation of Allah was there, we call the, God has given us the uh, so-called conscience. We are calling it DNA tofu, meaning the time of conscience. Even though they don't know how to worship God, they know there is God. Then after that, through Moses, there is law. We call the Yemei. That's the day of covenants, day of the law. So therefore, Yemei Torah. Then through the Torah, the messianic fulfillments on the prophecy is already spoken to the nation of Israel. So therefore, you know, the time being here stretched out until this first advent of Christ. So let me say to you, I don't know why this one is not working because, you know, one by one, but it's okay. Here, the time and space in Judaism are not separated. Then the cross and kairos we see, there is 
Chronos, meaning there is already grand mass, grand plan of God. You know, the, how he's going to fix the world, you know, fix the time. However, the Kairos is to you. So sometimes when we have matching point that God is going to use to that purpose, that every single individual in the world has great problems. So even not to me, to you. So everyone has great, great desire, great purpose. So, and um, my book on the, um, the rise of the global south, uh, I talk about on the sacred and secular uh, that is actually a diagnosis on the 2000 history of the European and Western world, especially uh, that the Western world was framed by the Augustinian theology, which is called the dualism of the sacred and secular world. The sacred means same meaning of century and place of the Hebrew words. Ion. But the secular is the world to come. So that dualism is actually brainwashed so many European world in 2000 years. I mean, Augustinian frame made many people to follow the Catholic Church because they are the one have power from heaven. From the world to come, they have power on this world. Therefore, popes and church and monks and priests, they have power. This long-term design corrupted the Church of Christ. So we are now restoring the church according to the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm seeing it. It's a bright side of church. Because church must be church of God. And I like the church of hope. Because house of prayer for everyone. It's actually two meaning of the Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. So that's on Sunday I'm going to speak on that. That's, and you know, I, I never asked Pastor Q Kim, why do you make this? But in my mind, that's the, uh, the most important secret of the world when it comes to the meaning of the church. So on Sunday, although my time will be very limited, but you know, I'm going to speak, you know, why it is important, not from the eyes of the Westerners, from the eyes of the Old Testament. That's, you will be amazed. So that's the on Sunday service. So the Genesis chapter 35, 3, it says that the let us arise, go up to battle, I will make, make there an altar to God who answered me in the days of my distress. Please pay attention, distress was with me in the way which I went. When Jacob fled away from his brother Esau, and then you know what? He was in deep distress. So pay attention to the word distress. This meaning is, please remember, it's already in Genesis. It's, it's, it's a beginning stage. There is already about the last day, same words. And I'm going to tell you. This is the NIV, but I'm going to tell you in the, uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, this in the uh, uh, King David's version is translated my tribulation. It's not my distress, my like suffering, it's that my tribulation. The word tribulation was revealed, it's already there. 
because when the people sinned against God, and there is everywhere distress. There is everywhere tribulation because we are away from God. And therefore here, the other one, when you see the Deuteronomy, when Moses spoke on behalf of the nation of Israel, when they are about to go to the Canaan, and he said that if you follow and obey the word of the Lord, if you obey the commandment of God, you will be blessed, and you will be secured, you will be protected. But if you don't obey, and tribulation will come. And then he said that death will be the last days. So not only in the book of Genesis chapter 35, also Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses talks on the last days. So let me tell you, you know, his, this is the first one that I did. When you are in distress, same the vocabulary, the distress, and all these things have happened to you, then in the later days, the later days means the end time. The, you will return to the Lord your God and obey Him. But in King James Version, this is the uh, King James Version, when you are in tribulation, same distress and tribulation, when you are in tribulation, all these things are coming upon you, it will be in the latter days, this is Ahari Hayari, last days, end time. Can you believe even Moses, even Abraham, even Jacob, even Adam, you know, that was, I have hundreds, but you know, I have choose uh, a little bit, but there are a lot. In, in, in the book of Genesis, the lady talks about tribulation. It talks about last days. Because they are already away. They are casted out from Eden. They are not secure. They are not you know, actually under the blood of God. Therefore, they, they, they must be returned to the original place. They must be returned to the hands of the Lord. So that's not the place Temporarily, but that's the place to permanently. Always, always, that in Hebrew term, no ending, no expense, no limit, no end, no edge, no, uh, 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 no boundary. That's the meaning. So the time is no limit. Time, there's no boundary. The space, there's no boundary, no limits. It's a boundless, limitless, limitless time, limitless universe. That's the time, that's the space that God wants us to live. And that was we are not going to be temporary person. We will be eternal person. We'll be forever everlasting person. So I don't know that many of you hear my voice, and you know, it's, uh, it's very rare to me that no one say it, and I think you are not listening to me. <laughs> You know, the prediction of the uh, Jewish people, the Israelites, that when even Moses, the, uh, you know, this is the one, the Deuteronomy 28, 64, when the Lord will scatter you among all people, when you do not obey God, from one end of the earth to the other, you shall serve other gods, and which neither you nor your father have known would, would stand. Then he said that in the last day, that's a 65. So this, this one is actually Jeremiah 37. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. The Jacob's trouble is like when Jewish people, when Israel was not formed, even Abraham and the, uh, Jacob and 
you know, Isaac and Jacob and then the 12 tribes. They, they are still tribal people. But when Israel was not formed, God said, if you obey my word, I will bless you. If you are not obeying my word, I will scatter you all of the world. There you will hear my voice and return to me and I will bless you again. That's the promises in the book of Jeremiah and book of also Deuteronomy and even in Genesis. Then again in through Moses say that when you go into the Canaan, remember when you obey God, when you keep the commandments of the Lord, and he will bless you. But if you don't keep the commandments of God, and he will scatter you among the nation, even the nation that you never heard, even the people you never heard and known, because you know, when I was in Iran, I was able to recognize how this world was really weird to me. Because from the Iran, I was in the, um, uh, the place where the um, Darius, King Darius, uh, made the, um, the nations the, uh, uh, bow unto him. And then I thought that it is like the uh, uh, Babylonia, Media, Persian Empire, and after that, Greek and Rome. So that's the what you know, we understand. But you know where uh, we call the, uh, that's the police, um, uh, the Hellespolis, uh, there we were the biggest city of the Babylonian, but at the time was the Persian Empire, the, which I was standing. There I could see is not only the, the people from the uh, Great Rome, the Africa, and then the uh, Ethiopia, and the Yemenite people, others, but also Chinese, Afghanistan, Indian, and the Uyghur, and the Siberian people. So I, I know only half the world. That's why there, you know, I see the Chinese, Indian, you know, I never thought about it. The Persian Empire was like, you know, even reaching out to the whole world. I didn't know. You know, even in this time, the Bible revealed that was temporary. When the Roman time come, the Messiah will come. And then through Prophet Daniel, that there will be Gentile time. The Gentile time, the redemption will be revealed. Salvation will be proclaimed. And the salvific message is not exclusively to Jewish people alone, but to the whole world. So that's why I like the word the privilege. Because I'm not worthy of receiving it. I'm not worthy of the salvation. I'm not worthy of the all kind of you know, redemption. But because of the neglection, because of disobedience of Jewish people, I have great privilege to have this redemption because of their rejection. And then after that, what happened? You know, our time will be up. Then the time of chosen people will follow. So, brethren, I'm, I'm going to tell you soon, but you know, it's like the May 14 in 1948, the nationhood of Israel was proclaimed by the premier, the uh, Ben-Gurion. The many of you know that. And that's like the trumpet sounding, the uh, unsealing it, the unsealing the uh, revelation of God. And the, uh, the nation of Israel was restored. Then can you believe how many years we are now? 70? 70. 70. 
70 years. So that means it's a little jubilee. You know what? I traveled over 56 countries last year. And then when I was in Boston alone, I didn't even know, I didn't know. But when I travel all, about, all, all around the world, I can sense that. But Jesus is near. His coming is near. You know, you never known like the Islamic country, oh, they are like, we believe, they are like, you know, invincible castle or invincible religious people. But God is at work. I couldn't believe, you know, my mark was not showing. You know, it's like I see the, all the hidden mystery all over the world. It's, there, there are, like, in Iran alone, it's, you know, it's like, when I, 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 I was there nine nights and ten days. Then, you know what, the, uh, I couldn't find any Christians there. And I was crying, the Lord, how can I find a Christian over here? The Lord spoke to me that there are millions of my people here. How do I find? And then, you know what, yes, he revealed my eyes, he revealed my ears, he revealed my hearts. Then, you know what, in Iran, the most persecuted country against the Christianity. Meaning, you know, if you believe in Christ, you have to be in prison, otherwise you'll be executed. You know, there are many ways. So, uh, in UN report right now, the 800,000 Christians are in the jail, like right now. So that's the official report. So, but the, the, the Iran, the Iranese, the governments deny about it because, you know, they don't want to sh show about the number. <laughs> you know, 800,000 is a big number. But out of that, there's a 4 million believers there. And so if you meeting up any Christian in Iran, they say that, how did you meet Christ? And then if you say, oh, through my people in the campus, University of Maryland, you know, University of Baltimore, you know, somebody spoke about Jesus Christ, and then I was able to believe in Christ. And then he will tell you that, oh, that's a miracle. How dare you believe in Christ without seeing him in your vision? For that people, seeing Christ in their dream is a common. Seeing Jesus Christ in their vision was very common. They live in the supernatural world as like a natural world. But in the Western world, the most advanced country in the world, in the United States, we are living in this country, but we are living in the natural world never believe in the power of the supernatural. But some people, that's natural. Seeing Christ in the dream, you know, it's when I was in Istanbul. I had an Islamic uh, seminar Monday through Friday, five, five days, me along the speakers there. And, and we had beautiful time, 180 people gathered together. I spoke on the Islamic uh, theology and others. Then in the meantime, when there is a discussion, the one brethren, one brother, uh, you know, raised his hand and say that, Pastor, can I show you a little bit about what I'm doing here? Okay, you show me. So he was the uh, one of the YMOs, and uh, he is operating the uh, travel agency in, in Turkey. So whatever he earns money, he always uh, uh, print out the Persian Bibles. Then he had a pickup truck. Uh, and then about, you know, how, I don't know how many books he delivered. Then he uh, drive up the uh, 
to the place uh, where the Lord leads to the Iran. So he, you know, one day he he to pack up the uh, the Persian Bible. Then he was able to go go to the uh, neighboring the border between Turkey and Iran. Then so many people uh, ahead of him, uh, 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 you know, actually checked by the policemen and military army. Uh, meaning, you know, they checked everywhere. So he was very nervous because they checked everything. Not only the back, you know, not only, you know, the other things, but also in their body as well. So it was his turn. He prayed to the Lord, Lord, you know, I have thousand Bible in my uh, trucks. How do I hide? <laughs> if they just see it, you know, they can see it. And then I'll be executed. He prayed, and then, you know, his turn, and then the, uh, the soldier, uh, you know, hold on the rifles, and then he saw uh, the, the Korean missionary and said, oh, go. So we don't know, but maybe they was the Indian horse blinded him or not, I don't know. So he thought that it's a miracle. So, you know, he just passed, and then he was just driving off the, uh, some places in the wilderness in Iran. Then he was continually, uh, you know, uh, driving off the, some places in Iran. Then one, uh, the woman uh, who is wearing typical Islamic cloth, it's like the uh, waving her hands. So he was very sharp, or probably the policemen, otherwise the religious agents, uh, are going to arrest him. So he was very curious about it, but anyway, he was stuck. And then the woman asked him, do you have Bible? <laughs> so the man, you know, the, the missionary gave up, okay? No hope, okay? Yeah, I have Bible. You follow me. <laughs> so the woman so she followed the woman. So then through the villages, you know, the, there is like a surrounded by mountain. As he said, there are around 40,000 people live up there. It's around three villages. So, and then suddenly the people up there in the village, like, you know, clap their hands and shouting. So he thought that he will be executed soon. <laughs> then you know, when he went there, and you know, amazingly, they said, you have Bible, yes. And then they cheer up, we have Bible, we have Bible. So what happened, to make a long story short, you know, that three villages, and they called the Imam, the chieftain of the village, had three months same dream that Jesus came up in their dream. Jesus showed in their dream. The Isa, Isa means Jesus in the Quran. I am Isa, but the Quran, what talks about me, partially right, partially wrong. So every night in around three months, Jesus appeared unto them and then explained that you have to believe in not Muhammad, but in me. So three chieftains didn't know what to do. Then, as make long story, you know, three chieftains were occasionally able to share. And they realized that they have same dream. So three men, the leaders, summoned all the villages together because it's surrounded the mountain and say that we have the same dream life like this. And we have the same story life like this. And then we decide to follow Jesus, not Muhammad. You villagers, it's your option. 
It's your choice. If you follow Christ, you can follow. If you follow Muhammad, you can follow Muhammad. But they know the sincerity and integrity of these leaders. Therefore, all will follow Jesus. And then, and then it's like, they are still Muslims because you know, they don't know, they, there is no church, there is no Bible study, there is no pastor, minister, whatever. And so uh, after several months, and the one lady had a dream again. The lady had a dream that in the wilderness, one truck, which is the blue color, <laughs> and coming from the horizon, and carrying the Bible. But about three months, Jesus appeared. But you know, they want to know about Jesus, but they don't know what to do. So, and then the Bible will tell me about me. So they don't know how to gain Bible because in the uh, Persian, the Iranian constitution is prohibiting to translate or even print out in Persian language, even today. Therefore, nobody can have the Persian language Bible. But however, these Bible smugglers, you know, they are daring. They are, they are actually legal breaker, not illegal, I mean, <laughs> in the heaven, but or not illegal. So, you know what, what happened? This lady saw a vision and, and you know, carrying thousands of the Bible. So, and uh, she was waiting three days. One day, the truck didn't come. Second day, the truck didn't come. On the third day, the truck comes. He saw the same truck, same color, same driver. Korean man. <laughs> so, he, she immediately asked, do you have Bible? So, that's why entire village accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because this is what they saw in the dream. It's written in the Bible. And they are worshiping in the mosque. So that no one knows the village is secured by God. And you know what? In Iran, the supernatural. In Algeria, uh, you know, I wish I had the amount of the uh, seminar here today that I can tell you amazing stories all over the world because you can believe we are very living in the blessed, blessed last days. I mean, I believe the last days is not gloomy, last days is not dark, last days is not, you know, it's like a very painted, but you know, for me, the last day, exciting day because God is going to do something. The God is going to make the ordinary person to be the extraordinary. God is going to do the greater things through the one person. You know why? Because when I was in, in many countries, I believe in the power of prayer. Because, you know, every minute, it's like today, you think about one minute you pray for Iran, one minute pray for Tunisia, one minute pray for Morocco, you don't know. But a million people around the world pray a million times. You think about a million times powerful prayer to the one nation change the entire atmosphere. That's what I observed. In Algeria, no missionary was known. No, no delivery of the Bible known. But you know, I wanted to go and, and, and everything was blocked. And then, yes, it's amazingly, there is no official road. There is no any highway, no expressway to the village. The one entire village in the Saharan Desert. It's, it's about several months he just appeared. Entire members of the villagers. Not the men, women alone, not the men alone, but all children through the every man saw the same Jesus. That's why Algerian governments doesn't want to reveal this story. 
There are so many amazing things happening around the world through your prayer. Brethren, believe in the power of prayer. Brethren, believe in the power of prayer. Because what you pray, I said you pray for person one, you will see the fruits. But if you pray the prayer of Jesus, if you pray the prayer of God, if you pray the prayer of the Holy Spirit, if you pray the prayer of the Apostle Paul, if you pray the prayer of the Daniel, if you pray the prayer of the Bible, you will see the world. Brethren, we have to have the power of prayer tonight. We have to have the power of prayer in the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to have the power of prayer tonight? Thank you. Thank you. I know you have two hands, but two hands are just beautiful. <laughs> so, you know what? Even, it, it, actually, you know, when, when it comes like the last day in Jewish theology, yeah, there are always two sides. It's like dark side and bright side. Is, but dark side for Jewish people is very cheering day. Because it says like that. If you obey my commandment, and I bless you. If you keep my words, I bless your children. If you keep my words, I bless your town, field, fruits, cattle, you know, everything. If you disobey my commandment, and I will give you disease, epidemics, cholera, you know, the epidemics, AIDS, all kinds. And even though you don't obey me, I will scatter you all over the world. There, if you don't keep my word, I will never call you. But there, I will choose only few. There, I will choose only few who keep my commandments and repent. So not all diaspora were able to return to the land, only few. Not many millions of people in the Persian Empire returned to the land, very few. History says that three to five percent. Not many. In the last days, I believe, you know, out of the 7.2 billion people that are around 700 million Christians in the Protestant churches. Yet, I'm not sure how many people will be saved. Only few will be saved. You are not to be omitted in the numbers there. You must be there, brethren. Because in the last days, there will be no more opportunity to repent. There will be no more Chance again, because that's the last of the last days. That's the end of the last days. We are living in the last days, yet we are seeing bright side. However, I can be failed tomorrow. I can be discouraged tomorrow. That's why I live by faith today. The Lord saved me today. Deliver me today. Not for tomorrow. Today, every day, not to be defeated, but winning against the Satan and evil spirit. Every day, every day, just me alone and you alone before the Lord. Not to the church, not to the people, but to alone, the Almighty. Brethren, what I believe is actually great redemption. 
However, in one second, if I want to see the beautiful girl, I'll get paid. If I want to see the beautiful money, I'll get paid. If I want to see the success of this world, I may not have the world to come. So this is the world we live. So don't lose your faith. Even one second. Every second, pay attention to the Lord. And always side by side to Him. And that's my desire. <laughs> that's my hope and prayer. The Lord, every moment, I look up to you. I always looking on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is up there. Amen. Amen. So let's give our hands up to the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> so brethren, let me speed up. So it's, I think, you know, it's too much here, but it's, let, let, let me summarize. I think if I want to go here, it's a, it's a prophecy of the gatherings. I think your church, the gathering hall. I was amazed why I created the gathering, the meaning of the gathering here. This is gathering hall, and then also the synagogue here. I, you know, I thought that this church is very special and very unique out of the million churches around the world. And that's how I believe it's very special, uh, this church is. And, and, and you, are, you are living in very wonderful church. Yet, uh, I don't hear a lot of amen. But <laughs> <laughs> I know your heart is inside, but God wants to check your heart <laughs> by saying amen. <laughs> you know what they are? You know what, the, uh, you know, the hidden things not to be hidden, yes? Hidden, hidden things to be spoken. So, but let me skip all of, all of this. So, so, I will show you this and then, you know, I don't know, it's all of this, it's, 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 it's huge things. So, the, this, you know, if you know this, Lasting design of God. And every time it's very saying in Korean words, when you are happy, when you become happy, your lips hang around the ear. That's the Korean saying. You, your mouth stretched up to the ear. Like that. I think that the happiest moment is actually the meeting of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes there. So that's why I believe the second coming of Christ is the big desire for every believer of all of the world. So then the revelation, one by one, why Jesus said like that, why the prophet said, why Old Testament, New Testament says that, the every privilege, every privilege, everything the Lord Jesus says is for you. It's like, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia is building up the Disneyland right now, the twice, the, uh, the half the land of South Korea, the, uh, not South Korea, the uh, metropolitan South area. But you know, if you, uh, I went to Brunei, the king, the, uh, the, the king of the Brunei uh, made uh, uh, the Disneyland that the king owns. So that's for him alone. When Michael Jackson came, everybody likes him. Therefore, he opened the uh, Disneyland. It's like God made a beautiful heavens for us. If there will be a few people coming up there, God is not happy. Therefore, the every nation, every people, every tribe, every language will say 
and then cast out the crown onto the feet of Christ, and then Jesus is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and Messiah, and then he'll be happy. Not only the Lord, our God is happy, and also we'll be extremely happy at the time. But you know, that time you will see the deep meaning of this Bible is to be your last stage. For instance, I'm not sure that I can show you a lot, but you know, once in a while when I was uh, 40-day fasting in Boston, uh, the Spirit of the, the Holy Spirit drove me by the wind winds. So like wind winds, and I was able to go up to the heaven. Then there I met up to Christ. Then so many uh, unsearchable, unspeakable things that I heard. Then what happened to me, after that, every time I pray, I go up to heaven. So I met up to so many people. So some of you believe, like, you know, Oh, my brother, my father is not believing in Christ. What if my father will believe in Christ before just he died? He's alcoholic. He's not good attitude. He's not good in, in, in words. But however, in the last, before he died, if he believed in Christ, will he be saved? So what is your answer? Will he be saved? I believe saved. I met this person in heaven. You know, it's just like, he was always sinning. He was always like, you know, doing all kinds of ungodly things. Just before he died, he believed in Christ. So he went up to heaven. So I met one this guy there. Then I realized the secret of the heavenly light. His, the heaven to him is torture. He never trained himself, praise God. He never trained to insert the name of the Lord. He never prayed. He never gave the singing unto the Lord. So the heaven is full of lights, what I observed. The light from Jesus, light from God himself. So if you see, you will, you, you will enjoy the light. And you will be able to praise the Lord forever. But this person never prays, never singing. So therefore, his face is not even towards the lights. He turned his face back. And because he is not able to see the light, for him, the heaven is torture. And how many of you live like simply, oh, in the end time, when Jesus will come, and I want to be saved? And you know, that's nonsense. You are not ready to go up there. Because you are not holy yet. You are not sacred yet. You are not fully matured yet. You are not beautiful yet. You are not wonderful yet. In the eyes of the Lord, you know, in the eyes of the globe, you must be beautiful. You must be holy. You must be wonderful. You must be perfect. You must be beautiful so that he can fall in love with you. That's that's our destiny. But we are not holy yet. We are not wonderful yet. We are not beautiful yet. When Jesus will come and he say that, I never know you. And he will kick you out. Because of ungodliness in you. Unholiness in you. 
There is no any holistic godliness in you. Piety, beauty, maturity, holiness in you. Therefore, the best things in the last day is repentance. You know, we always, the American church, I love this church, I respect churches in America. I love, you know, because I am deeply indebted from the American churches, especially all over. And in Boston area, many brethren welcome me a lot. I know, but the one of the greatest missing point in American church is like, oh, God loves you. They say a lot, you know, oh, brother, I love you. You know, a lot, there's always loving atmosphere. There is always like, oh, we, you know, it's like very kindness, you know, the good things there. But the biggest lacking point in American church is the repentance. No pastor talks about sin. No pastor talks about repentance. Because if our sin is not spoken, if our sins are not spoken, this sin will be together. And Jesus will see our sins still there. We are not holy yet. We are not godly yet. We are not pious yet. We are not beautiful yet. We are not able to see Jesus anymore. Repentance now. So that from today, there will be no more condemnation from the side of Christ. There will be no more judgment from the side of Christ. There will be no any delay in your name from the book of life. Because when he will come, he wants us to be perfect and beautiful and holy. In the book of Romans chapter 12, 1 to 2, Dear brethren, in the eyes of the Lord, I urge you, therefore. And the word is the word. You always discernible and holy. And then another one is defectless. That's a stainless, no stain, no any condemnation in our lives. Perfect love, perfect purity, perfect holiness. So in the last days, you know what I can tell you is, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, uh, <laughs> Lord forgive me. <laughs> I think this is impossible. Yeah, you're right, you know, even five hours is not enough. Yeah. So let me tell you once again, the time of Gentile is going to be up. Because what I saw in Boston, the same-sex marriage issue there, in the 40-day fasting, I saw the unsealing aspect of the angelic host in heaven. That the last things, the unsealed one, like even Prophet Daniel was actually told by God that, you know, sealed it until the time will come. So even Jesus says that he when abomination, desolation will come on the holy mountain, believe that the Gentiles' time is up. So the Israeli government officially uh, pronounced that the uh, new Jerusalem temple uh, is already 
planned. So, you know, I have another seminars, but, you know, it's the uh, Temple Mount and the uh, Jerusalem Post already also uh, announced about uh, the coming of the uh, new temple, that's the third temple. And all of the world, it's like, I don't know, but I cannot count, but I know in our age, in our time, the Christ will come. I believe, because many people are blinded now. So, like your church, are very rare of the world. Because before we see revival history in Northampton, in New York, in Cambridge, in, in Washington, D.C. area, in Los Angeles. But in the last day revival, it's not the city, it's not in the nation, it's not in the county, but in the spirit-filled church. That's a secret. So the whole church has secret because you have the presence of the Holy Spirit in this church. So I can call your church as a revival church because there's a revival power here. It's the overflowing power of the Holy Spirit here. But some people are blinded. You, you cannot sense it. You cannot hear it. You cannot see it. You cannot, you know, although power of the Holy Spirit overflowing, you never, you never see the rain of the Holy Spirit. You never sense like the, the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit here. But if you are awakened, you can sense it. You can see it. You can, you can smell it. You can, you can sense it. But if you are spiritually blinded, you, you cannot see it. You know, it's angelic also the happy about all around here, but you know, you are spiritually blinded, you don't know. Even though the, the, the angelic horse standing before you, you, you don't know who is up there. Because your spiritual eyes are blinded. And that's, that's not their problem, that's your problem. That's not their problem. But, you know, but I can tell you, this church is a revival church. It, it, it's the power of the Holy Spirit is here. So, the many times desire of God, all of my eyes, of my ears, of my heart, of my spirit to you. The Lord, I want to be touched by you. I want to be touched by you. And I, I want to open my eyes. So, let me see you. Let me see your power. Let me see your hands. Let me see your angelic voice. And you can see it. You can, you know, so many beautiful things all over the world. You know, it's like I travel and then I met a lot of people, you know. It makes a long story, even in Taiwan, I met one missionary. He heard my message through the CD, and he has one of the mega church ministry in Korea, but he quit the church, and then he became a missionary in China, and he was kicked out of the Chinese government, and he became a missionary in Taiwan. I don't know who that guy is, but you know, he was desired, and are you Elijah King? Oh, no, I am the one to be missionary, because when I heard that I repented, and then I... I have thousand members in my church. I quit everything and I became simple missionary in China. And then he said that, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm seeing you. And then, you know, sometimes I feel like even the CD player, some blind men, some people are touched by God. Even in New York, I didn't know one, one brother came to me, brother, I hope you see my father. Why? He said that my father was diagnosed the last days of cancer. And the, uh, he said that the, uh, the Deacon's hospital in New York. And he is waiting for the last days to be, you know, just funeral. 
And then someone just brought the cassette, and then he was hearing them. And then he was crying, 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 crying. And then doctor came, and diagnosis, every cancer was no more. He was completely healed. No one touched his body, no, but only one by repentance. So the brother said, I wish you could see my father. I don't know the millions of people around the world. I don't know. But one thing that I know is like, you know, today, God was touch you. And, 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 and then you know what? He, he can touch you. But you know, it's up to you. If you just still, no, 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 not you. You know, oh, I have my image. Jesus Christ is like white man, not the Asian. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ is uh, African-American. No, 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 the Caucasian. You have your own image. You, know, you, never, you never have the power of the Holy Spirit. Please open up your minds. Open your spirit. And the, um, uh, this time of Gentile, the, the brother says that the, the greatest secret is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. No bound, no limits, no, no any restriction, but limitless power of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I hate actually when the uh, Reverend Pugh Kim said that uh, uh, Elijah will minister to the people. That's the most I don't like. <laughs> but if the follows, uh, if the Holy Spirit will tell me, I will follow the will. So it's. You know, I skipped everyone, but when the uh, praise and worship team will come and follow the every tune, and then you can freely go home, and then when spirit moves, let's follow the movement of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you all. Amen. Amen.